This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the number one source for high quality seeds with a money back guarantee and lightning fast shipping. To catch the latest drops from all of your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Benson and you're listening to the Grow From Your Heart podcast hosted by my buddy Rasta Jeff. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 744 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of listener emails. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the kind folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friends at Randy Farms. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Mr. Mean Green and the Larf Night Rises. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Stoned Trout Bum and Roll This Nug. Let's send a big fist bump to OG Roach and the Devil's Weed. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my friend Growing Tennessee. Let's send a special thank you to Just a Smokin'. I want to send a big shout out to Stash Drop. I want to send a thank you shout out to my buddy Anvil Gardens. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Levity Love Day. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show. At this time, I would like to announce that Irie Genetics will be attending the Dude Grows Cup. That's right. This summer, there will be a Dude Grows Cup. The location is in Fort Collins. That is all the information I have got for you. Irie Genetics will be there. It is in Fort Collins. We will be dabbing. We will be smoking flowers. And I am excited to see you. I'm excited to get back out into the community and see some of my old friends and make some new friends shake some hands, bump some fists, take some dabs, share some flowers, and most importantly, get some seeds out to the community. So I do look forward to meeting you, seeing you, and hanging out at the Dude Grows Cup. I'm sure all of the information you need will become available as time goes on. I'm sure all of the information is available at dudegrows.com. So check out dudegrows.com for links, deets, tickets, info, all of that stuff. I am not hosting the event. I am simply attending and vending at the event trying to be a part of the community, going to hang out with the community, meet a lot of friends, see a lot of people, join us, the Dude Grows Cup. I've said more than enough. All right, I did say that I've got a bunch of great emails printed here in front of me. Uh, where do I start? How about this one? Because it is on the top of the list. This email came from my friend, John. This one came to us on the Grow Help tab at iregenetics.com. That's right, if you go to the website, iregenetics.com, there is a Grow Help tab on there. When you click on that Grow Help tab, it does give you the opportunity to answer a few preliminary questions. I ask, what are you growing? Are you growing indoors or outdoors? What's your temperature? What's your humidity? What are you feeding this plant? I ask several questions. That gives me an idea of how to answer your questions. People will send me a question. They'll say, hey, my plant's yellow. What do I do? 
and I've got 20 questions. We've kind of cut to the chase and asked some of those so that I've got some info, a little bit of a triage, a little bit of a checkup, if you will. So before we get to the main question, I ask a few questions. Our friend John here asked a very simple question, so we don't need to know about his plants, his grow room. This one came from my friend John. This is on the Grow Help tab, of course, and it goes a lot like this. It says, hey, quick question for you. What strains were bred with the E phenotype of Arise? That is a very good question. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, first of all, what does John mean when he says the E phenotype of Arise? Let's talk about that. I am known, well, maybe I'm not. Uh, I like to think that my strain, my brand is known for a strain known as Arise. I made Arise F1s. I took a, a golden goat female and a daybreaker male, and I made some seeds, and I named those Arise. Now, out of that batch of Arise seeds, I ran a lot of them. I ran thousands of those myself, and I found several keepers. Uh, I found the King Solomon male. King Solomon, my stud male, the male that makes my line really uh, potent and popular, is known as King Solomon. He is a selected phenotype from the Arise line. So there's a male that got called King Solomon. There's another male that is known as the Golden Goat Dominant Male. It doesn't have a real name. I just call it the Golden Goat Male because it's not for sale. Nobody else touches it. Nobody's ever seen it but me. Uh, that's the Golden Goat Male. It's over there. That is the one that is used to make the Golden Goat Back Cross. Uh, so those are the two males that I kept out of that. Also, there were several stellar females that stood out in the Arise line. When I would grow them, uh, we see what is known as phenotypical expression. Not all two seeds will grow the same, especially in an F1 or a polyhybrid. So when you cross a plant, uh, when you cross two plants, you got a male and a female, right? The offspring are going to show some mommy traits, some daddy traits. Some of them may show grandparent traits, and then some may be right in the middle. You never know what ratios you're going to get until you do the breeding. So that is where phenotypical expression comes in. Some of these plants were taller. Some of them were skinnier. Some of them were more squat. Some were real branchy. Um, some of them were super potent. Some of them were not as potent. These are the different phenotypes I was finding as I was growing these plants, different expressions of the genes. Maybe that's different genotypes and phenotype is the expression of the room. So I was finding the different phenos and genotypes. Now I was labeling these plants really basically. I knew they were called Arise because I named it, it was mine. So as I grew seeds, hypothetically, maybe I had a five, maybe I had a hundred pack of seeds. As I would grow them, as I would plant them, I would just number them. Arise number one, arise number two, arise number three, up to the number that I was using. So I did letters the next time and it was probably A through like G or somewhere. That's like 13, right? Get 13, 14, maybe 20 down the alphabet is as far as I'd usually go. Uh, so that is where the arise E comes from. We have found a specific phenotype that I kept. It was just a plant that I went, I like that one. And the cup or the pot or the label happened to be labeled arise number. And I know it's a letter, but it's arise number E. So I kept that one because I liked it for a specific reason. That is where the letter schemes come from. Now let's talk about these arise letter indications. Uh, there was arise number four. There was number seven. There was number eight. There is number E and there was number A were my five favorites of all time growing thousands of seeds of Arise. Uh, then there were the two males, of course, the King Solomon and the Golden Goat looking male. So I've got seven that stuck around. At this time, I have eliminated all of the females except number four. Number four is a stud, uh, not a stud. Number four is a champion. If it was a stud, it'd be a dude. Uh, number four is fucking awesome. 
Number four is an amazing plant. Number four is a keeper. It's got the potency that I look for. It's got the vigor that I look for. It's got the bud uh, density and shape and type that I look for. It's got leaf shape that I look for. It's got plant structure. It is the champion. It does all of the things that I wanted my Arise plant to do. So number four has stuck around. Uh, number four was the uh, the perfect one. I can't even, it's the one. That was the one. Uh, I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head here. Number eight uh, was good. It was more golden goatee and a little bit more sativa. Number E, I think, was the super real tall, real long finisher, real psychedelic finishing phenotype. So I don't have a list of which phenotype was which here. It's a, it's a lot to remember when you get into breeding a lot of strains and trying to remember specific phenos. But that is where the letters come from. So you'll see this in other breeders. You'll see it in my work a lot of time. Uh, you'll see Arise. So there's right now available, and this is what um, our friend inspired our friend John's question. Right now available is Arise F2 number four and Arise F2 number E and Arise F2 uh, number seven. Those have been distributed and shared with friends. I shouldn't say available because uh, those are probably gone by the time you hear this, but those have been made and our friends are getting those. So why did I call them F2 number E? Because I probably used the same male in a batch, right? I got the one male, uh, it was King Solomon, and then I had five different females of Arise in there, and they were all labeled the different phenotypes from which they came from, from their original pheno hunt. So there was Arise F1 number four, Arise F1 number two, all the way up. There were five of them that were selected. We had number four, uh, number seven, number eight, numbers A and number E, and then those all got pollinated by the King Solomon to make the F2, and now that became Arise F2 number A, or arise number A F2. I'm not sure how I labeled it either way. As long as the F2 and the number A is indicated in there, that is to let you know, let the consumer know which phenotype of the female I use, which female phenotype of the arise I use, because it will make a difference. Uh, the number four will stay shorter and squattier. The E is going to get real tall like a fishing pole. So that does make a difference. You've also seen me do this in the Jack the Ripper F2s. There are Jack the Ripper F2, number two, number three, number four, and number five, I believe is how I numbered those. So those are also available with different numbers. You'll see another seed company. Um, we're not going to bring anybody else's names into this, but you'll see they do version A and version B, which is just simply probably, I'm assuming they had a, they grew from seed. They found two really stellar keepers that were different, but they were both keepers for different reasons. So they bred them to the same male. So let's just say that I've got, I grow a batch of seeds and I find two stellar females. One is super potent and really, uh, super potent. We'll just focus on the potency of this one. And then I've got another one that fucking tastes super good. So I've got a version A and a version B. As long as I make a note of which is which, then it's cool to have two different versions. Not a big deal. You could sell them both, advertise them both, market them both, grow them both. As long as people know what they're getting, the flavor or the potency, then what's to stop me from taking a male, one male and pollinating both of them and offering the uh, version A and version B of the same cross. We could name it the same thing. You could call it uh, Fist Bump. That, that's a cool strain name. Don't fucking steal that. Fist Bump. I'm claiming that strain name. That could be Fist Bump version one and Fist Bump version two. That wouldn't be a problem. Just list what the parents were, and that's two different two different crosses of the same thing, basically. So that is why we see letters in there. Thank you for inspiring me to ramble and rant about letters and weird seed package labels. I hope I covered some ground there, and I hope any of that was useful to some of you folks out there who may have seed packs with version two or version B or phenotype A written on the package. 
That's why we're doing it. The breeder is trying to give you as much detailed information as we can share with you on the package to where you know what you're working with. I'd like you to know what you're working with. I'd like to know what I'm working with. It makes it easy. Set yourself up for success. All right. I am rambling. Let's keep me back on track and move to the next message. This one is great. This one came from our friend Mark, and it goes a lot like this. It says, yo, Rasta Jeff, I just watched your show about reversing male plants. And I was curious if female plants can detect a male plant nearby. And if so, how is it a pheromone the male plant emits or is it something else? Thanks for all you do. And I will give my mom a hug. Kind regards from Mark. This is a great question. I don't have any scientific data, any real evidence other than uh, observation, personal observation. I've been growing for years. I've been cultivating in uh, small scales and large scales for a long time. I have had the privilege of having male plants in the same room, same house as female plants, and attempting and successfully uh, finishing a seedless sensimia crop in one room while pollinating another crop in another room of the same house. So the evidence that I do have uh, may may be uh, useful. The scientific report I have may be useful, but this is what I have observed. When I do have females in one room and they are waiting for pollen and they know there's a male plant in the other room who's starting to skeet, I do believe and I do see those female plants flowering more quickly and producing more pistils. It looks like they're putting off more spaces to receive the pollen. I've seen this a couple of times. I feel like they get stickier, they get more pistols, and they do grow more rapidly. I don't know what causes it. I will give you credit for the idea or the assumption that it's a pheromone or something similar because that would make sense. Uh, when I smell my girl come into the room, I do get excited. So maybe that boy plant, maybe those girl plants know the other one is there and they're just smelling each other and just getting horny and starting to make more flowers so that the magic can happen. Also, I do notice that uh, if I'm just collecting pollen and there's no females around, the dudes don't produce as much pollen as they would if there were actually females in the room. That's something else that I've noticed. So I do think the plants know that they are there. I think the plants uh, can detect the presence of the opposite sex. I think they can detect the presence of other plants. I also think they can detect the presence of pests and the presence of us. I've said it before. Those plants think that I'm just the delivery mechanism, the delivery guy that shows up with CalMag. That's all the plants think that I'm there for. They're like, is he here? He's got the CalMag. Yay. That's that's all the plants think about me, and they're grateful that I gave it to them. So I do think that the plants know. I do think they get stickier. I think they start flowering more quickly, and they do get more pistol. So I think that's a great answer to your question. I don't have a lot of scientific evidence behind that other than uh, I've bred in the same house, uh, and I've seen the plants get stickier because I think they knew that their date was on the other side of the room just getting prepped for them. She's over there putting on her perfume and shaving her legs, and that dude is over there doing push-ups until we introduced him. All right, that is enough of that one. I've been rambling on. Um, there's one more great question that I did receive. I did not print it because my printer ran out of paper, so I just uh, took a quick note of it. This one said, hey, Rasta Jeff, why is some stuff only available in Femseed and other lines are only available in regular seeds? That is a very good question. As a seed breeder, uh, I've got a very good answer for that. Why is some stuff only available? Let's start off with Femseed. That is the easiest answer. Why is some stuff only available in Fems? I have to start off by teaching you about what is known as a clone only. Uh, golden Goat is what we call a clone only. When the maker, the original breeder of Golden Goat, who was not me, I've got to give Mr. Dank in Topeka, Kansas credit for breeding the Golden Goat. I did not breed that. A lot of people give me the credit. Did not do it. Don't want the credit. I made enough of my own stuff. Don't need to steal credit for that one. However, Golden Goat is a clone only, which means when the original breeder made the Golden Goat, 
they did not give out any clones or seeds of other phenotypes of that cultivar. They've got, so the breeder made a handful of seeds, right? He grew them. He found the winner. He shared that one, did not give anything else out. There are no seeds to be had of the golden goat. So it is a clone only. There's that one female clone, which means there is no real, true male golden goat plant, which brings us to why there are only fem seeds because um, imagine if you only had one rhinoceros and it was a female, make more rhinos. You need some sperm or a male rhino to do that. And with golden goat, there's only a female. So we cannot make regular golden goat seeds unless we adulterate it, which I have taken the liberty of doing so. I have pollinated that with another plant. We've done some work to it. We have done what is known as a back cross. I've done full episodes on back crossing. Back crossing is the solution when you want seeds of a plant that is only a clone only, no male exists. There are ways to kind of replicate, recreate, uh, what's it called? Reverse engineer may be the better word to create a line that is uh, non, uh, which is a clone only, which has a no male pollen donor available. There are ways to work around that, but that's an adulteration. That is not a pure version of that plant. So if we make feminized seeds, we only need that female plant because in a female pro in a feminized process, I would take, uh, we're going to stick with golden goat. I would take a clone of the golden goat. I would take another clone of the golden goat. These are both golden goat clones. I would treat one clone with a solution. I've done a full episode on this. That solution would cause this golden goat plant to make pollen, which is only female pollen, which also only contains golden goat chromosomes. There's only the genetics of golden goat. So we are not adulterating the golden goat line. I'm going to take that golden goat pollen and put it on a golden goat female. Now we have made golden goat S1. We have selfed our golden goat, which all those seeds will be very, very close to the original golden goat. So that is why some things are available only in feminized seed because it was a clone only plant, meaning there were no seeds, which means there was no male, which means if we wanted to create a seed from that, it either needs to be selfed or adulterated. And many people don't want the adulterated version of golden goat. They want the original pure version of golden goat. Now let's talk about the other side of that coin. Many people are not fans of feminized seeds. Back in the day, many of the Dutch makers were not making fem seeds properly. Uh, quality control was not what it should be. We figured it out now. Fems are a lot better. But because of miseducation or trial and error that didn't go well, many growers are uh, disgruntled or they have a bad taste in their mouth or they are simply opposed to using fem seeds. In that same vein, many breeders are opposed to making feminized seeds. Many people that many people that make seeds feel like making fems is kind of a dead end. What do you do if you don't use a male? You've got to keep reversing something. In my opinion, that is fine. I know a few other breeders that really agree with the idea of using a an alpha female plant, something a really a badass female plant could really make a lot of good breeding projects, but a lot of breeders don't agree with that. They only want the natural selection of a male and female plant. So that is why a lot of things are only available in regular seed because uh, when you make a, a cross, you take a male plant and a female plant, you put the pollen on the female, it makes a lot of seeds. Now you've got your cross that happens naturally. That is easy to do. Creating feminized seeds from that line is a different line of work. It involves treating a select, it involves selecting a plant to be a pollen donor. It involves selecting female plants to receive that pollen. Then it also involves treating the selected pollen donor with a chemical solution. Uh, a certain amount of times there's work to be done. You've got to treat a plant. You've got to reverse it. You've got to do some manipulation. Then you've got to make the pollen happen. You've got to chuck the pollen. And then honestly, 
Um, when I make reg seeds, I get 50% more seed than I do when I make feminized seed. That's why fem seeds are twice as expensive. Uh, they cost twice as much to make. They take twice as long to make. So uh, a lot of seeds are only available in reg seed because a feminized grower, a feminized breeder has not taken the time to create a feminized line from that project or that product. It's a whole nother step. It's a lot more work. It could be uh, it could be six, nine, maybe 12 more months worth of work to get that feminized line out to you. So the reason why some things are available in FEM is because uh, the breeder, a breeder like myself that is interested in making FEMS has done the work to make the FEM seeds available. The reason why some stuff is only available in regs is because some breeders, they either haven't done it yet or they are just not interested in making stuff in regular seed. A lot of the times that FEM is because it was only available as a clone only and the only way you're going to get seeds of it is through making FEMS. So I hope I answered that question. Uh, I do have a lot of other episodes about back crosses, about fem seeds. I do invite you to explore those episodes. If you have any more questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. Of course, the email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your questions, corrections, comments, concerns, constructive criticism. I would love to hear all of that from you. Also, don't forget about the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash growfromyourheart. That was harder to say than it looked. Uh, if you have anything else, uh, any questions, you want to contact me, anything else you could possibly need, that is all on my website at iregenetics.com. Don't be shy. Check out the website. Give it some clicks. Give it a visit. Everything you need might be there. The web store is there. Links to vendors. The grow help tab is there. The discord, the new updated discord link is there. I don't know if I mentioned that at the top of this episode, but please do join us on the new updated discord. There's a much, uh, much more, imp much improved. I don't even know what I'm freaking saying anymore. The new discord is badass. Come hang out. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. That's all I've got for you. My throat is done. I've got ADD. It's time to take some dabs and eat some food. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. You know, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my buddy, Sam heads. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me.